Um, All right, we're live. Uh, we didn't get Jay. Um, we sent him the link. He says he's got it. Okay. They probably screwed uh, all our... Sorry about that. <laughs> I tested it. I swear I tested it two times today. It worked. Yeah, they knew you were coming. <laughs> I, I, I hear you lying. You lying. Coronavirus, baby. The coronavirus. Right, we got four people back joining us. Uh, sorry, I guys. Four I four people. Tell tell your friends that were on earlier. Hold on one sec here. A lefty apparently. Uh, Jay is waiting backstage, and you have to let him in. Here he is, Jay. Oh, there he is. Hi, we got him back. <laughs> All right, we got the whole crew here. Awesome, Jeff. Jeff is joining us. Jeff, go tell all the leadheads the new uh, the new link. Rob, tell the leadheads all the new link. We had technical difficulties. It was uh, my ignorance, basically. Uh oh, Sean's calling. We must be having problems. Let's do so this. So this thing. Uh, this episode brought to you by We Like Shooting. <laughs> As you can see, their logo everywhere. <laughs> Like I said, we had some technical difficulties, so uh, we are back, and we're going to kick the show off. So let's do it right. All right, all right, all right, Leadheads. We are back with another episode of the Talking Lead Podcast. This is episode upwards in the 340s. I don't know exactly which one this is going to be, uh, but welcome in. I'm a little I'm a little delirious from the, the self-imposed... Um, Quarantine? Was it self-imposed, or did, did we get forced into that, guys? Well, I don't know about you guys, but they closed all the gyms, so basically <laughs> that's the only place I go is the gym. And Outside range. of the house? So, yeah. But your range is still like, open, right, Curtis? Yeah. Yeah, that ain't closing. <laughs> that ain't closing. <laughs> they well, closed all the bars, so I couldn't find anywhere to go. Well, let me go around table here and introduce all our guests. And from my right... We'll start with Professor Paul Markle with Student of the Gun. Paul, welcome in. Hello, everyone. Uh, can you hear me all right? I hear you great. Hearing you really good. All right, good. fantastic. Fantastic. And Paul's coming to us from Wyoming. And to Indeed. his right, we've got Mr. Brian Keeney with Occam Defense Solutions, sponsor of the Talking Lead AK Corner. Welcome in, Brian. Happy to be here again. Thanks for having me. Yes, sir. You're, begin you're becoming a regular on the show. I think you're going to start being my... My co-host. Yeah, we got to fix that. <laughs> you just want to be the host, don't you? <laughs> no, I don't. I don't want to get on any more lists than I already am. So, yeah. <laughs> I got you. And then to uh, our bottom right on the screen that I'm looking at, we have Jay with League of Pirates. Jay, welcome in. Hey, good evening. Pleasure as always, gentlemen. And Jay's coming to us from Florida. Brian's in Idaho, as you, you main lead heads know, uh, and Jay's down in the Florida area. So we got all the country getting represented here. And then to Jay's right, we've got Mr. Tactical Bacon with the VSO Gun Channel. Welcome in. You, okay, you put oh. Kyle on there, so I'll call you Kyle now. I didn't know you wanted to be called Kyle. So, Well, I'm, I'm trying to distance myself from my uh, moniker. Okay, I got you. I got you. <laughs> and then uh, the man himself from the VSO Gun Channel, we got our good buddy Curtis. What's, man? What's, What's up, Curtis? everybody? Thank you for inviting me. And I just wanted to point out one thing that I just noticed. 
uh, about bacon is he even put the crayon uh, his snack for later is, <laughs> is in his cap is that what that is yes that is a crayon i was trying to figure out what that was <laughs> did you guys did you guys go to red lobster prior to this <laughs> no red lobster's closed in ohio thank you very much <laughs> <laughs> so that's been a challenge um I know a lot of the states, things closed down earlier. Ours, Everything just went mandatory in our area, in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, today. Uh, and I know a lot of you people have uh, been on shutdown a lot longer than that. So we've we've had it pretty good here so far. What about Wait, you guys? You what have you seen in your area? Do you do what? You have people in Tennessee? <laughs> people. <laughs> we, we have men and women in Tennessee. Uh-huh. Manly men and womenly women. Sounds like I'm a, not touching that. Cousins. Well, you're just you're right on our border up over there in Ohio. Ohio's not a border state. It's it's close enough. We call it a border state. <laughs> no, it's another <laughs> state between it. Like it can't... it's like the Cobber uh, Pass. You can get there. You know, it just goes right through it. <laughs> so, what are you seeing in your areas? How how's the the atmosphere? So actually, I just went to the grocery store last night and I asked the lady who was running the cash register if it was nuts because we we're missing a lot of stuff on the shelves. But I just assumed that it's like the recent the respects, which is our local uh, mart, um, is just like in bumfuck Egypt, Ohio. It's just lower on the totem pole. So therefore, we, you know, our pecking orders lower so we don't get like all the hot dogs that everybody else gets. And I asked her um if it was that or if people were really like fighting over stuff and they said that it was civil now but like at the beginning of the week it was like literally people like fighting each other and i'm like you've really? got to be joking yeah like apparently the cops had to be called oh Multiple my gosh times. yeah yeah and i'm just like y'all need to get like a live streaming service in that corner over there because we need that like <laughs> in our lives yeah definitely i mean it's been the the shelves have been bare here but you know, you go from day to day and they'll be restocked and, and, you know, it doesn't seem to be too bad. And I haven't seen any really disorder yet either. Everybody's been pretty civil about everything. But the I did, is that I have well, seen extra nice. Yeah. What about you, Paul? Here in the uh, little corner of Wyoming that I'm living in, we've got a we've got the grocery store and the family dollar and so forth. There's not too many chains. As a matter of fact, there's only two chains there's there's ID, iga and the family dollar that's the only thing that's close to me but uh, what they've done for probably two weeks or more is they put limits on items uh so that people can't come in and just like grab every you know bag of rice or every right. package of chicken or whatever toilet paper uh so <laughs> yeah because and and since they've done that uh there you can find pretty much everything in the store you just can't fill your shopping cart up with, you know, all the Campbell soup on the, on the, the you know, the thing. Or, and, and even the toilet paper comes back and forth once in a while. You, you got to get there when they open in the morning. Um, but they're all closing, you know, probably uh, 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock at night. And they're restocking and opening back up in the morning. I know the local Walmart here mm -hmm. is closing at 8.30 p.m. And they open from 7 to 8 a.m. for senior citizen shopping only. And then uh, at from eight to eight, they're open for everybody. Yeah, I don't think that's unreasonable. I've heard that. I've seen that written a few places that people are doing that. I don't think that's right. unreasonable. 
uh, no. to have an hour where you know elderly people can come in and not get stampeded. Cool. Now, that's a pretty widespread thing that was implemented about a week and a half ago where I'm at down here. Um, and that was probably related to the uh, massive population of elderly that we have down here because uh, we started seeing our stores um, uh, get runs on uh, very basic hurricane type supplies about three weeks ago. So it's, uh, some of the shelves on basic sundries have been uh, lacking, so to speak, uh, for going on about three weeks. Uh, a month ago is when I, I started seeing lines at the gas stations and people picking up uh, bottled water, which is, you know, uh, Paul know exactly what I'm talking about. You know, the, the very first mention of a hurricane, first thing you, everybody does is run out and buy a whole bunch of bottled water and fill their cars up. Um, but, you know, to speak to your point, there was uh, uh, pretty much every, I mean, I, I, I'm in a massively uh, population dense area. So the uh, the Costco's, the BJ's, the Sims Clubs, the Walmart Super Centers, everything is uh, basically uh, uh, open early for elderly and trying to keep it polite. Yeah. Well, I think that's what we've been saying for the most part. Um, I think everybody's trying to be courteous for you know for the most part. Like you said, courteous. There's you know some people that are douchebags and um, you know, fights will ensue. But uh, I think the stores are doing a really good job with the hours that they're doing, and then of course allotting certain times for the elderly to and handicapped to come in and and get their stuff uh, fairly. So uh, you know, I think I think we're self. Uh, monitoring ourselves, you know, we don't need a lot of government intervention on on this. But uh, what about Idaho, there, Brian? You know, pretty low key. Um, I'm kind of in um, ground zero for preppers in the U.S. Um, like the the book series Patriots was ris- written partially about the town I'm in, um, and yeah, there's there's reasons people move here. That's not everybody by any stretch. Um, but people are generally pretty self-sustaining around here, and a lot of people are on wells. Um, some people have their own off-grid stuff going on, um, but pretty mellow. Nobody is um, – I haven't seen any lack of civility lately. Yeah. Uh, it's, you know, in our town, I'll maybe get cut off or hear a, a horn honking twice a year. And so people really go out of their way to be polite here, and I think that continues to show through – um, Costco, sorry, not Costco, Walmart here, um, has started to be picked pretty clean, uh, up until about a week and a half ago, it was, there was no real impact other than the toilet paper thing, but it's now extended to all of the canned goods, all of the freezer aisle. Um, the hippie food store here, I thought it was amazing, went through there <clears throat> and it was pretty low key. I saw, I'm like coming around the corner to see the freezer aisle on the whole window is just stripped bare on the the, the doors that I can see mm-hmm. and then I get further and I can see there's a whole bunch of potato products like all the all the high car you know uh, high starch foods that'll actually keep you alive for a while we're there and I look I'm like okay what's sold out and so I get close and it's Brussels sprouts and broccoli rab and all of the stuff that takes more calories than is in the food to digest it and uh, so I think the big bonus of this whole thing is that the vegans are going to die off first. 
And, you know, so there's your silver lining right there. Self-correction, and right? Immediately following will be the CrossFitters because the CrossFit gym is closed. <laughs> so they can't tell everybody that they did CrossFit that day. And it's just going to have an aneurysm. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. So Doug Doug Arnold uh, says trucks are running and the Stasi are pretty much leaving us alone to run. Um, so I guess Doug's a trucker. Where are you located, Doug? Uh, pop that into the the comments over there. Indiana, he says. Okay. And and that's the thing, people. If you can see, if you get on the interstate and you see semi trucks, it's not time to panic. Okay. Like if that if you see that stuff, that means goods are moving across the country. It's not like it's not something you should be worried about. The reason all of the stuff is missing from your stores is because a bunch of retarded people went in and don't know how to handle crisis situations and bought a whole bunch of stuff. Like toilet paper. What was that all about? Does anybody figure that out yet? Well, heaven forbid you couldn't wipe your ass, you know, just hop in the shower or whatever you need to do. <laughs> yeah, it's like well, the last thing you need. Maybe These well, people I obviously have never been on deployment. Yeah, yeah. You know, you are seeing people confronting preparedness for the first time in their lives and not knowing what to get. And so the only thing that, that the first marker for them is scarcity. Get what is scarce. Yeah. You know, and I bet, I, I'm shocked 4chan hasn't done, you know, crayons or scarce campaign or something. You know, it'd be way more clever, but, you know, that sort of thing. And, you know, I have relatives who are who always, you know, thought I was the crazy one. And now they're calling me up and it'll be like, I'll tell them, Hey, you want to look at getting this thing next? And then a week later they say, okay, you were totally right. That thing's getting weird. What should I get now? And so that's another real positive of this thing is that people are getting serious about being responsible adults. Yeah. Let's, let's, let's further expound on this. So I fed, uh, I fled the communist state of Iowa um, to come home where there's machine guns and two or three pallets of ammunition. So, uh, yeah. But he also like had to have family members come to his house to borrow some rifles because they didn't go no. to the, they did I, not have. I, I was getting there. The entire state of Wisconsin is sold out of AR 15s and 5.56 ammunition. So my in-laws drove two hours to go to my house, collect some spare PSAs that I keep in the back of the safe, just in case I need to arm the local village, and an ammo can full of uh, M855. Um, and you willingly gave part. that to them? You didn't tell them to bug off? Um, I have over 10,000 rounds of seven and six in my basement here in Ohio, my bug out location. And... Um, M855 can piss off. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Old Tennessean posted gun shops uh, are starting to close this week in my area of Middle Tennessee. Um, and I just, I was talking to you guys earlier. Um, I talked to a couple of the uh, gun stores and gun ranges here in Tennessee. And uh, as of now, they haven't closed. Uh, the one here in my town is not closed. And uh, the one in Nashville was supposed to have closed, but they got their attorneys involved, and they have since reopened, and they haven't had to close. Uh, I know in Pennsylvania, uh, they have forced uh, several gun stores to close. I guess all the gun stores, uh, New Jersey and uh, some other areas in the country. 
because they're saying that those are non-essential services. Uh, so they're forcing them to, to close their doors. Uh, how do you guys feel about that as far as uh, being able to go in, purchase a firearm, ammunition during, during times like this, Paul? Uh, I'm going to go ahead and throw this out there. What in the world has America been waiting for? We had, we, we had Y2K and everybody made fun of Y2K people. They said, you're stupid, you're paranoid, you're an idiot. And so then 9-11 happened. And they said, okay, maybe you should be able to stay at home for three or four days without any assistance from anyone. And they're like, okay. So we forgot about 9-11-2001. Then Katrina happens, and the whole entire country is like, oh, that's terrible. And FEMA says, yeah, you know, you, you should be able to take care of yourself for like at least a week. And they're like, oh, okay, maybe we should do that. Then Sandy happens. And, and like every three, four, or five years, something major happens. And we say, hey, folks. Maybe you should be prepared to take care of yourself. And we literally see, and what I say to people is, where have you been? Right. If you're waiting till now to run to a gun store to buy, panic buy a gun or ammo, you're so far behind the curve. I don't even know how to talk to you. And I have to assume that if you are now, just now at this very moment, deciding you need a gun and ammunition, that you're probably missing a whole lot of other stuff too. So, <laughs> right. yeah, I, yeah, I, I it, it just dumbfounds me how many more. I mean, literally, we're going all the way back to 1999, 2000, 2001 of people saying, "Hey, maybe." You just might need to be able to take care of yourself for and you know, even a couple even weeks. during those times, people were panic buying. You know, they would go out and they would panic buy guns and ammo and you know everything. And but it seems like every time it happens, there's a new group of people that go because it's not us that are going and buying the guns and the ammo because we already got it. You know, we're just laughing at these. People. I don't need any more guns. Okay, <laughs> need. Like, I'm just saying. Like I'm, I'm definitely not going to the store buying any guns. I'm going to tell you that right now. No, no. Yeah, yeah, I, and it, it's frustrating for everybody in this audience or, or in this panel. Everyone on this panel, you know, I, I feel certain that at some point in time has been doling out the advice. I know ever since we turned our microphones on, we've been telling people to be prepared to take care of yourselves and your family. And this is how. I mean, we have like a one, two, three, how-to, step-by-step plan. And, and it is extremely frustrating and I think part of the problem is because it's not us. You know, people say, well, it's just a small percentage of the population. I don't know, man. Uh, I I'd like to with believe. That. Yeah, I'd I like to believe that. that's I think that's it's true, bigger than I don't think it's a small percentage. I mean, it's got to be large because, again, every crisis that happens, there's a whole new wave that's going out. Why, why didn't they do it the, the first, you know, like you said 10 years ago, five years ago, four years ago, three years ago, two years ago, one year ago, you know? Well, I mean, to be honest, I hate to. Re- the whole point is, in America, we live in this small bubble that people don't don't understand that this first this first world thing is a fantasy. You go anywhere else in the world, people are standing out in the street with FALs, like gunning each other down. Like this is just how it goes. So when we have an issue, all of a sudden people turn into these these things that are without direction like oh wow the world's ending i'm gonna buy all the fucking toilet paper you passed three gun stores on the way you should have bought five five six yeah you're gonna need that more than you're gonna need the the toilet paper i mean you can and and actually you're pointing out something this 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 week that um 
So on our property, we have at least five springs that I know of that are on high ground that uh, that put out really clean water. Um, but the thing that is going to run out first in a major infrastructure breakdown is your water supply. And that's going to kill you the fastest. So uh, this week, Jaeger was putting out something about his water filtration system. And even though I can go right up there, I can walk 400 yards up that hill over there and like put a bucket on the ground and get like pure water. Like I can, I can literally see the sandstone that it comes out of in the side of the hill. I'm thinking about getting one of those and putting it in the corner. I was looking at them, they're only like 300 bucks. Like it's absolutely absurd that I don't have something like that in my house. Uh, just for the convenience of being able to take a bucket and pour that in the top and know that it's good to go. So there's a product that uh, that is really great that everybody should have that's sold out now on Amazon. You might be able to find them elsewhere, but it's called a life straw. And it is an incredibly small water purifier. You got one over there? Yeah, like they're in all the go bags in my house and um, you can literally stick one in a pond and drink out of it and be more or less good to go. Um, and that there are a couple companies like that, including LifeStraw, Platypus is another that make really, really cheap gravity fed filters that are highly portable. The Platypus is as of a couple of days ago, we're still on Amazon. Mm -hmm. And yeah, totally agree on that because diarrhea, well, and to go with that, <clears throat> diarrhea kills more people in this sort of if things get weird than you can possibly imagine and so having a stash of, yeah, of i can't tell you how many times taco bell's about killed me let's do this uh i'm gonna kind of switch order uh we were gonna do the talking lead jack wagon train and, and hero brigade but let's get into uh, you know, you're talking about the live straw. Let's talk about some other things that people need to be thinking about and, and stocking up on and storing and and how they should be better prepared for when things like this happen. What are some suggestions that you guys have? The live straw is a good one. And you know, to go, you know, to go back onto what we were just touching about. So, one of the things that I like to keep around and keep ample supply of is anti-diarrheal medication because. Uh, Cholera is a real thing and water pollution is a real thing. And with the learning curve being what it is with, you know, your life straws, your Sawyers, your catadins, your MSRs, um, um, you know, what, what, you know, you pick the flavor of uh, water purification, you know, I'll, I'll bet you a fucking nickel that, uh, that the instructions are, are going to tell you a little bit about cross-contamination and, um, and most people don't read. Um, so if the picture, you know, you know, uh, wonderfully drawn in crayon for the average person um, doesn't illustrate the cross-contamination, you're going to be shitting your pants and maybe die. So it's a uh, good idea to keep something around to be able to mitigate that. And, um, you know, it, you can have all the toilet paper you want. So what do you, give a shit what do you recommend paper. for anti-diarrheal? Everybody's been into a Walmart and they, and they've got those big bins of, um, you know, the 99 cent diarrheals. I, I've taken those along with the, fancy, you know, pharmacy stuff. And I'm not, I, I mean, one, I'm not a pharmacist. Um, so I, I don't know that they're any different. Paul could probably speak on that because, you know, all them brains, but um, I, I'm, I'm not sure that there's really any difference. And I, I you know, I'll take volume and cheap oh, un, until I find out exactly uh, what's up. Liberty not licenses add more Levi Garrett. Is that an uh, anti-diuretic? No, but you know, your days never, uh, 
Levi I, Garrett. I'm I love shit, Levi Garrett. I'm not quite sure that I can get through a day without a dip. So I I'm love Levi. It. That's my favorite. I like it. Um, another thing that, like, I don't know how much you guys think about this. Ammonium. Um, south. But um, fire. So I don't know about you guys, but, like, I'm all like if I need to light something, I think a, a lot of another thing that is like seriously overlooked. I mean, water is a really easy one, but uh, fire. So we live in the modern age where everything happens when you flip the switch. Well, what happens when that stops and um, fire can fix part of the water problem, but it yep. also goes into the food preparation, the keeping yourself warm, keeping yourself dry all that sort of stuff. So I, I don't know about you guys, but like I'm always at a loss to find the thing to light the fire with. So um, one of the things that I did this week is I got a big pack of those, um, just the, the cheapy ones that you can lose. Because realistically speaking, uh, what's gonna happen is I'm gonna, this whole thing's gonna pass over and we're going to go back to normal life. And those things are gonna get put into circulation because they do eventually go bad. Um, and they're going to be one of those things that you use three or four times and lose, right? But they're a relatively cheap way to keep something on hand so that you don't have to do the two rub the sticks together thing that most of us are not going to be able to do anyway. If we're talking about oh, ninety-nine percent of the ninety-nine percent of the of the human race is not going to be capable of starting a fire that way, okay? So maybe we can brack. Sorry to cut you off, Kurt, but I want to make sure that the audience is with us. And uh, I'm hoping that I can say a few things that we all agree to. And that's that the 99% the, the probability is that what we're talking about is a two week event where you don't go anywhere, you're in your house. And the, in the unlikely event that water or gas shuts off to that house and you still need to be able to drink water, poop and cook food. Are we all yeah. in agreement that that's what we're talking? We're not yeah. talking about bugging out right. and no. making a PP and making a fire and none of that, right? I mean, we're just talking completely about unless you're like me and you bug out. But. <laughs> yeah, we're not talking about that, guys. If we're talking about bugging out, we're talking about something that, um, uh, to be honest, even a lot of the people that are experts in the field have only played at or have had it as part of a job that they did maybe for the military or something like that. Other than that, most of the people that talk about that sort of stuff, it's more of a hobby for them. Yeah, yeah, totally, right? So what we're talking about is like, let's imagine, you know, play, and this is something that you can easily do and I've done it and that's why I know what I know about this is uh, uh, turn the power off to your house and don't use your tap and don't use the gas coming into your house and figure out how to how to camp at home for a couple of days. You guys who are locked down at home, this is a great thing to do right freaking now because you'll learn everything you need to do. But, you know, I figured this out during a power outage about a decade ago, but you'd think you can use your propane grill to heat water on. It doesn't work. Like maybe you can figure it out. I sure couldn't, not with what I had on hand at the time. So getting something like a Magic Chef $100 propane burner for, that runs on your propane tanks for your grill that you can actually cook at right in your garage and not go anywhere and not do anything weird and not have to build a campfire in the backyard, that's a big deal. And and so if you don't have that, can is, does that all make sense to everybody? Is like kind of... Yeah. The, or you can uh, buy the grill with the burner on it. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. The grill <laughs> with the burner. That'll work. 
I don't. Yeah, that really well. She'll boil that shit real quick. <laughs> <laughs> I've done it before. Very um, good. So I'm a I'm a home brewer, and um, is that what you're drinking right now? You, no, absolutely. <laughs> you're not. not even drinking your own home brew, man. Come on. No, it's so normally I brew uh, cider and mead, and I Love unfortunately abandoned 15 gallons of my mead on my bug out, but it would have made this way more tolerable. <laughs> but Curtis said it would too. If you've ever dealt with a uh, with an angry spouse of you boiling liquid, the sticky liquids in her kitchen, you'd understand why the uh, the outdoor burner is yeah. Clutch. So maybe maybe an essential skill uh, that somebody should learn is you know how to brew their own you know their own brew brew your it's own not brew hard. you know that that definitely oh. could come in handy. So what other what other items? So we talked about the straws. We talked about fire. Uh, we talked about the uh, antidiarrheal uh, antidiuretics. Uh, what about uh, food wise? What's a good long term storable food option for people? What do they need to solace bars? Solus, yeah, they are cheap. Stand for saving life at sea, and I think one wafer is like fifteen hundred calories or some stupid like that. What about a jar of peanut butter? Lifeboat rations, you mean, right? Yeah, lifeboat rations. Yeah, mm-hmm. and we're gonna uh, wash that down with some Metamucil too. <laughs> well, we don't have any toilet papers, so let's not use the Metamucil, so we don't have to take a shit. <laughs> We're going to rinse our ass off in the stream and use the live straw and drink through it. Oh, yeah, that's good. Yeah, there's nothing like drinking water. <laughs> <That's just fine>. <laughs> <laughs> so there, there's a great podcast, not to take anything away from this one, called The Survival Podcast. Great guy on there named Jack Spearco. And, and his uh, he has a really great start for, for keeping food, and he calls it copy canning. Meaning that every time you're at the store, and this is a great, you know, resistor to uh, to panic buying, is that every time you're at the store, buy two of what you would buy one of. And ideally, this happened six months ago, right? But just keep a rotating stock of the food you already eat and build it and make sure that you're putting the new one in the back. And when you eat one, pull it off the front. Um, and that's and that you're not buying weird food that you may not eat and will just go bad. And so it's a nice, you know, his, his saying is that the most common use for people with their preps is that they lose their job and they don't have food in the house. Mm. And, uh, so, so that really, you're also buying because of inflation, you're also actually investing in food because it'll be cheaper. You're actually making inflation work for you by doing that. Um, so that's one, one tip that he espouses. Um, Jay, do you want to talk about your Mylar food bag experience? Yeah, I'll get into that in just a second. Uh, you know, to, to, to speak more on what you're just mentioning, there's um, uh, when when we go for our grocery runs, we, it's really simple to allocate an extra 10 or 15 bucks when possible, um, understanding that that's not, all, not always possible. If you're buying smart and if, you're already buying the things that you're normally going to be consuming. Those are going to be the types of items that you're going to want to have on hand for, you know, be it these uh, short duration, low intensity problems that we face in our somewhat civilized society. Um, Comfort food is going to be a big deal. 
Um, you know, so you, you have these high calorie bars. Th those are those are great in dire emergencies and and in other you know particular circumstances. But if if you're at home and particularly um, um, speaking to people who have children and whatnot, um, you know, get, getting the rodents to eat food anyways is a challenge. Never mind in an austere environment. So you're going to want to try to um, stock up on things that you know that the rodents are going to eat, and um, and 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 then things that you know how to cook, which is a whole nother thing that most people really need to have in their toolbox is how, can you cook other than pressing a button on a microwave or maybe boiling a bag? And I'm not talking about sous vide cooking. Ramen I'm talking about noodles, the, baby. Yeah, yeah, I'm talking about the dog shit in a box that you shouldn't be eating anyways. <laughs> Right? Um, can you cook? Can you functionally prepare food and not, and one not poison yourself? Because that you know that's a real thing. HACCP is a real thing. Can you prepare food? So you know your your abilities should dictate what it is that you keep in your cabinets or you know um, you know in in your long term storage, which leads to the mylar bags. I keep a reasonable amount of backup pretty much all the time anyways. And I've traditionally either purchased my stuff already vacuum sealed or in a Mylar bag. Um, I think it was maybe like two weeks ago or three weeks ago, I ordered a bunch of Mylar bags and oxygen absorbers just to try it out myself to see if I could um, build an inventory, but also reduce my unit costs on, on my long-term storable items without having to buy them from, uh, you know, survival store du jour dot com whatever it is and mylar bags happen in like I, I i did 15 or 21 gallon bags in a rip and i didn't even really watch any videos i basically just figured it out all of minute and um it was a snap and it's some of the coolest shit i've ever seen so i would i, I would investigate m making your own long-term store food and there's there a place you recommend for them to go get that equipment um, I, I don't, I don't have any friends in that industry. Um, so I, I don't have anybody to lean on there. So, you know, you can go to Amazon, look at Mylar bags and, uh, they come out. If, if, if you shop wisely, you'll see, uh, you'll find the ones that come with the appropriate, um, oxygen absorbers and, you know, read the directions on the oxygen absorbers because apparently that's the hard part. And the, the bullet point thing is get a cheap 50-pound bag of white rice, not brown, or beans, and uh, throw in, you know, four or five pounds of, of the product in there, put an oxygen absorber in, and then run an iron over the opening. And then a day later, all the oxygen is gone, and you're just left with CO2 and nitrogen. And that shit keeps for 20 years. Not that you should leave it that long, because you should be using it. And yeah, just rotate keep your stuff. Through. Like old food sucks. Like let's not do that. So you know, it's that whole thing of just keep keep turning stock, and you're never going to lose any money on this. You're going to save money. I have a question actually regarding that. The <clears throat> white rice. Why <clears throat> is it the white rice and not the brown rice? It's because the oils and the husk on the brown rice oxidize at a faster rate than the white rice, and so. Per pound, you're getting a longer shelf life, lower rancidity, better for you in the long run. Okay. The reason I ask that question is because white rice is not as nutritionally dense for you as brown rice, right? Like what people don't understand is that the uh, the difference between white rice and brown rice is white rice has been husked. Like it has got, the shell has been removed. 
So there was actually um, a study done uh, by the Japanese. They were having a lot of people getting sick at sea. And it was because you could have unlimited, if you were a, a member of the military, um, you could have unlimited white rice. But then they basically were having people die of uh, effectively scurvy um, by what we figured out was limes and things like that, citrus fruits. Um, they were feeding everybody just straight white rice, and that's what that was free. But then they started adding brown rice and barley into it, and they they eliminated all cases of that. So if you're talking about a short-term storage, like remember that something like a brown rice is going to be more nutritionally dense for you. But I did not know about the oxidation thing. Like what what are we talking about as far as like the differential between white rice and brown rice? Like as far as like the rancid. <clears throat> Yeah, <clears throat> I don't have a good number for you there, but what I would say is that if you don't have up-to-date vitamins, multivitamins, in your preps, you're doing it wrong. Good point. Yeah, Yeah, but at some point in time, like we have to be honest, that at some point in time, like to play devil's advocate, those sure. multivitamins are going to run out. Oh, yeah, but like let's solve the two-week problem and then the six-month okay. problem. Okay, yeah. No, no, that's that, that's all I'm saying. Just don't want to uh, – that would be my answer to that. Not that you're wrong, but like after six months, we're talking like really bad shit and, uh, and you know, three quarters of the country dying or something. And it's just yeah. out in the situation that we're in right now. I mean, we're looking at, you know, a few weeks. Yeah. yeah. And this is not even disaster guys and guys like this is not real. Okay. This is <laughs> self-imposed bullshit. About some people who are worried about getting the flu. Okay, this is not real. This is some. This is this is fictitious. Well, let's okay. even let's even address that. You know, so the the real problem isn't the flu. It's people's overreaction to all the the misinformation that's been put out there by the media and uh, people who consider themselves journalists and uh, social informationalists. I guess I don't know what to, what you call them, but. Uh, you know that's what's caused the the big panic is is those people. It's not the flu. The flu's not really been well, the issue. The problem we ha we or the really virus, have to break it whatever it's called. We we really have to break it down this way. Is the coronavirus lethal? Yes. If you are in a certain age bracket, it is most definitely lethal. But where we where we start to cross the line is, and and rightly so. You know, all human life is at least somewhat valuable. But um, after you, you, you reach a certain point, you're just extra susceptible to this, to this disease. And the panic is, you know, it's an election year. And if we run through all the people who are supposed to vote Democrat, then, um, you know, no well, chance It definitely right? fits their theory of never, you know, let a tragedy go to waste. Uh, so so wait, they're, they're taking advantage more, of it left and right. Um, Along those same lines, I think that we really need to look at the numbers that are being quoted because the vast majority of the numbers that the media fixates on are the numbers out of Italy. And I have a problem with the numbers out of Italy for two reasons, okay? Um, the reason they select them is because it is one of the, we're gonna say first world countries, like the developed nations that are having the largest problem with this, but that is the numbers that they focus on the most. It, does anybody disagree with that? That like you hear? No, I don't disagree with that at all. Italy's numbers all day long. Okay, okay. So first off, I'm going to throw up a panel, and nobody but Kyle, you're not allowed to answer this question, but I'm going to ask a very a question to the panel: How do Italians greet each other? 
<laughs> hugs and kisses. Bingo. Okay. I can't even ha get half the people in America to shake my damn hand. Half the time, they just want to run the opposite direction, right? So you have a communicable disease that is spread by particles and very close contact. You 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 go up to everybody and give them a smooch on each cheek. Like, come on, antiseptic technique, people. Like, that is one problem that we have with the numbers at Italy is that they... Italian culture generates a air of susceptibility to it. The other problem with the Italian uh, numbers is that if you look at the mean age of the of the Italian populace, it is much older than something like the United States. Therefore, putting the majority of the population in a much higher age bracket than that of the United States. Why is that? Because there's ain't shit to do in Italy. Everybody else has gone to Germany and other places where there are jobs. So that is drawn... Um, it has basically turned Italy into a retirement state, for lack of a better term. Everybody's old there. And the third problem with the numbers is, and this is the one that everybody kind of misses, is they have a socialized medicine system, which is something that they've been trying to implement into this country for the last couple decades. And the bottom line is when you have a socialized medicine system, there is going to be rationing of supplies. You are going to run out. And that is what is really dangerous about this, especially from somebody if who gets it in the United States. Do you get it when we have IV bags to rehydrate you or do you not? Because you're all going to get it. Everybody's going to get this virus. This is not going to go away when the news cycle dies a month from now. Okay. When they get sick of running this, this story, it's going to die. The virus didn't go anywhere. It's still going to be endemic to the population. It's going to be here year after year, just like the damn flu is. Okay. The question is, do you slow the arc or you don't? And that's what they're doing with the kind of quarantine situation. The problem is we have outsourced so much the manufacturing as far as medical supplies in this country to other nations that we have we run a serious risk of running out of things like IV bags and antivirals and and the like when a large proportion of the populace falls ill and needs hospital care. The vast majority of people will get this and they will not require hospital care. To add to that, as somebody who works in healthcare, the biggest problem with socialized medicine is not that it is single payer. The problem is, is that there are people, and we've all met them throughout our lifespan, going here and there, that as soon as something's free, they have had the sniffles for a week, but it's free, so they go to the ER. Or they can't go to their dead-end job today, so they go to the ER to get the doctor's note. And that's the real problem with socialized medicine is as soon as you take away the implications of you having to pay for your problems, all of a sudden, when you do have something wrong, so when you do get the coronavirus, well... Little Susie has figured out that if she say, says that her chest hurts, that she actually gets a room in the ER instead of getting stuck in triage for three and a half hours. And this is just the nature of the beast that we deal with is because these people who are either attention-seeking or drug-seeking have figured out how to work the system so people who actually need care can't get it, you know, because... Well, you're always going to have that, and that happens here in America, too, with our systems that we have set up with welfare and all that. I mean, people work the system and take advantage of it, but, and those who really need it you know, can't get what they need because of those, those jack wagons. 
you know, Italy. I mean, that's a good point you you brought up about Italy. Let's focus on on the United States and what's going on here. What about in your local areas? You know, as far do you know anybody who's had the virus personally? Who's got the virus? No. I don't know anybody, and anybody that I've talked to doesn't know anybody. So I, I I don't have a direct connection to anyone who's had the virus to be able to get firsthand, you know, account. Have Have you guys? Do you guys know anybody firsthand who's had the virus? No, I am I am at least ninety percent sure that I already had it. I had exactly the right symptoms. Had a follow on bacterial infection, upper respiratory. It was really nasty. I had a fever of 101, bad body aches. My wife had similar symptoms. That's the My shot kids show cred, right? For, yeah, and uh, so they they gave me azithromycin, and it got better quick. And they did a lab test and said they would call me with the results. And I asked, is this possibly corona? They said, oh, no, we're testing for other things. And then they never gave me the results. And so hmm. Jay has a theory that this is – you want to – share that theory jay of of uh of that whole origin thing uh well, I, I i just had to jump back in so i'm i, I oh I sorry missed, i missed the first part that you said i had to go say goodnight to the kids real quick so marty was asking if we uh if we knew anybody with corona i said i was 90 percent sure i've already gotten it um and that you had a theory about shot show for this year oh, i think yeah. i had it i think i yeah, had it for that, that's a pretty real thing i mean you know i Everybody here, at least on the panel, um, we all go to shot and we're all generally pressing hands and talking to everybody because it's our business. But one thing that I noticed that was different about this year was the quantity of uh, Chinese tourists who were walking around. And one thing that I observed as I was just matriculating through back and forth to the from the hotel to the convention center were the uh, number of uh, Chinese groups that were walking around. And some of them were wearing masks, some of them weren't. And I'm not saying that that's necessarily um, a positive indicator that there was something to miss. But I escaped getting the crud this year. Um, it's actually my second year in a row of not getting it. The year prior, I, I, I came down with just a horrible, horrible flu, which is you know, not, not very typical for me. Um, but um, I know some people besides Brian who contracted something viral at shot that lingered and persisted with the, the type of symptoms that they're identifying now to go along with this Chicom virus. And um, I'm, I'm fairly convinced that those of us who went to shot and we're working the floor and, you know, had tons of meetings and, you know, doing what we do, um, have already been exposed to it. And some of us, uh, some of us uh, became symptomatic and some of us probably just became carriers. And, and that's essentially my theory that um, Brian was mentioning uh, about so, shot. So let me ask you this. Do you think maybe this virus has been around a lot longer than, than what we think? And they just weren't testing for it and they didn't know and they were just calling it normal flu? I'm, I'm not sure. Maybe. Um, I know that there's some some articles that I have read that have shown that it was present in China uh, in at least November. I think the evidence is pretty solid that it existed in November. I mean, I've read a couple things. I, I think whether we can soundly say that 
we know of cases in November. The question um, then becomes, though, how do we know right. the number of definitive cases of this in November, and how do we know to look for it? Right. And that opens a whole other can of worms. Yeah. Um, not, well, that's not kind of hijack. Hmm? Go ahead. Ahead, Not to hijack this, but um, okay. looking at the chat, I got Larry Kazeel. Yeah. Don't. Larry K. I, I'm we call him Larry K. I, I'm sorry that I butchered your name. But, um, you know, let's go ahead and take a moment to flame cheaper than dirt before we continue. Oh, <laughs> yeah. For, uh, you know, $1 a round of 556. Um, they're not the only ones. They're not the only ones, but they're the only consistent one. You know, every time there's a crisis or a political issue, Cheaper than dirt is the first on the on the bandwagon to um, drive up prices of. Uh, does anybody remember what a five five six AR mag was when Obama Nine was bucks? doing his things? Oh, Obama! Jeez, yeah, I don't know. It was like sixty five dollars a mag or some shit like that. Yeah, something nuts. Um, what are they nowadays? You know, what are they right now? Has anybody looked? What a mag is a magazine? I don't know. I got a stack of them. <laughs> Right, I haven't even been chopping around for it. I did look at some ammo, and ammo prices seems like across the board have gone up because the demand has gone up. And in, in, in the, you know a free market like we're in, that's what's going to happen. You know, and I don't blame these companies for for jacking the price up. If people are going to pay it, hell yeah, I'm going to charge that. So you know, yeah, we do I, have I to be careful. I don't blame that. them, huh? Yeah, we, we do have to be careful that we don't because there's this whole thing. There's this weird thing with like gun people about how like you shouldn't charge extra for things or you shouldn't charge for them at all in excess. Like there's this like anti-capitalist segment of our culture that I don't understand at all. Uh, guys, this is America. Okay. If cheaper dirt's doing that, they have every right to do so. That doesn't mean that they aren't douchebags, but they can do that. Now, once you get to that level, that is uh, absolutely absurd. But there are people that are going to buy it. And you cannot fault them for doing that, except for you can. You cannot fly in the face of the of the principles, right? You can't just be like, hey, you know, you shouldn't be doing that. They can do that. That doesn't mean that they shouldn't suffer consequences for doing it, all right? They should be held accountable for doing it. Everybody should know that they are doing it in extremes. It's the whole supply-demand curve. Once you shoot past the, um, how do I put it, like the set point of, like, if something costs $15 and somebody's charging you 20 for it today, well, that's that's reasonable because it's, you know, there's a lot going on. But if they're charging you $200 for it and it was $15 yesterday, well, now we've gotten a little bit ridiculous. Okay, so you have to keep that in mind whenever you you're can, measuring. You can, but you let the market dictate, you know, if, yes, you shouldn't buy market. it. Don't buy it. Yeah, the market has to dictate. You can't you can't you get government to. involved in this and let them start regulating prices and everything like they do gas sometimes, you know, when there's yeah, crisis. Yeah, that's the problem. That's the major problem I have is like people say all that sort of stuff and then they add the government should fix this. No, the government shouldn't be in this at all. Period. So, so another thing I'm going to add, um, just looking at the the uh, chat, I got Liberty Not License. You know, he he brings up a good point. He says that he's immunocompromised. Um, you, you really got to know yourself like VSO actual and I are marginally healthy human beings hit the gym every day, go terrible places, pick up all kinds of weird disease and drink get antibodies from it. Yeah. Yeah. All, all of that. 
in this type of crisis, you really got to know yourself. If you're if you fall under that bracket where this shit's going to kill you, you should you need stay to, home. You should stay home. And if you're under the bracket of, well, you know, there's a 50-50 chance that I'm going to feel like shit for two weeks, and then I'm going to bounce back and be the absolute same as when I sent my child to daycare for the first time. It's a different animal. Yeah, and and, that's good. Everybody's different. Everybody's got a different immune system. Everybody's got a different rate of recovery. Like you said, you got to know yourself and you know the risk that your body's going to be able to take. At the risk of saying the same thing I just said and being like pegged as like super anti-government, that's where I think the problem comes in where like the government has a responsibility to provide for the general welfare. That's our first priority. That's actually their first charter, their only actual responsibility. At some point, those things become counterproductive where now, okay, where, how, what are the metrics by which we, we measure the general welfare? Are we talking about just people getting sick? Or are we talking about, hey, we're going to completely bankrupt the country to keep people from getting sick, right? Because which is more damaging in the long term? So in that situation, hey, if there, I, I don't think there's any reason that 25-year-olds should be staying home from work right now. I'm sorry. Okay? Like, the, the mortality region is there. If you're not, if you're not immune compromised, the government should not be compelling you to stay home. Now, if you are in the 60 to 80 to 100 age bracket, or if you have some kind of pre-existing condition, yeah, you should voluntarily keep your ass home because there's a very high likelihood that you could be significantly impacted by this. That's my take. Is well, at, a good point. Point we have to, at some point, we have to meter the level at which the government is involved in this. And that all goes back to the same thing that we have talked about in this entire thing is personal responsibility for yourself. Brian. Well, and and boy, if, if the, the government works program that's going to have to spin up to recover us from this thing, if that's even possible, which I don't think it is, just imagine the amount of money that they're printing right now to unfuck this thing. Imagine if you could just get a doctor's note saying, hey, I'm immunocompromised. And we mail checks to those folks who self-quarantine and make sure that those folks have food and water at their front door or whatever. And the rest of the economy goes about its way because there's this real issue of you've got the people you're going to save and then the people whose lives you're going to really tear apart with the depression that the government is plunging this country into. And this nonsense about, oh, no big deal. The Fed's just going to buy back more bonds to hold the dollar up. What that actually means is that the Fed is going to print more money out of thin air. It won't even print it. It's going to digitally market as a journal entry. And what that does is just inflate and devalue the currency and make us all poorer. And every dollar that you have in your pocket, just basically cut off like a quarter of that dollar. And that's what's going on or some number because they don't even tell you anymore how much they're printing. Um, That's just nonsense. And so this, this plan is clearly just completely screwed. And I think the thing that we should really have our sights on is this, this, this is socialism in a can, and, and we're we're like a halfway through opening it. Yeah, I am so yeah, glad I, that I paid for my ODS before inflation set in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, I should say we have not raised our prices and will not be doing so, though I, I heartily agree with Curtis's um, idea that the consequences should be driven by consumer choice. And, uh, you know, if, if some outfit uh, treats you badly, voting with your feet is a wonderful thing to do. And uh, Walk away. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Don't use them anymore. This is a good segue. Let's get our jack wagons and heroes out of the way. Hey, Ralph, Semper Fi, do or die, hold them high at 8th and I. It is time for the talking lead jack wagon of the week, so brace yourself, baby. Uh, you were talking about, Brian, earlier you and I were talking, and then, of course, you brought it up right there about the government printing the money and, and whatnot. Uh, your jack wagon is for her $2 trillion oh. coins. <laughs> The uh, Rashida Tlaib had this genius proposal that uh, the government create a socialized bank card, debit card, that they charge with two grand and give to every citizen of America as well as long-term visitors, by which she means undocumented, illegal, whatever. And that that every card gets $1,000 a month deposited into it for a year every month until a year has passed after the definition of the crisis has ended. The most awesome part of this plan is that it's going to be debt free because the government will mint two quantity two one trillion with a T dollar coins. So there will be two one trillion dollar coins. You cannot make this shit up. It should come out of Zoolander and then they'll be sold directly to the treasury to, and that'll make all of the money happen like Elizabeth Warren magic, does. Magic. Is this magic, magic money. It's unicorn money. And, uh, and, and then Spokes at the end of this. that, we will have a full socialized state and it'll be awesome. And um, I would rather eat an entire jar of broken glass. Or if you guys are familiar with the other broken jar video, that too. Oh. You know, just, just... <laughs> I did that exactly for you, Curtis. Uh, yeah, so just know, like, un that's not my country. I don't think it's any of your guys' country either. So, yeah, Rashida Tlaib gets my jack wagon of the friggin' Millennium Award. Smells like communism. I have, a headache. I have yeah. a headache now listening to what you just explained to me. Like, that is absolutely ridiculous. But you know what? There are there is a decent segment of the population that's going to hear that and think that it makes sense. Oh yeah. Yeah. That actually is a topic for later on, Marty. I think you and I talked about it of, okay, this is a perfect opportunity for us to recruit people. So we can talk about our recruiting drive for Liberty later on, but yeah, let's bookmark <laughs> that. Definitely. All right. So, uh, Pierce Taylor, Leadhead Pierce Taylor sent this one in and it's, uh, we talked about it a little bit earlier. Uh, but some of the states that are uh, shutting down the gun stores. And then Pennsylvania, uh, the Republican Thomas Mert, he wants them to have ammo permits. So he's proposing that they have to buy ammo permits, which are going to be around 50 bucks or something like that, and then raise the taxes on guns and ammo uh, in addition to that uh, before you can get the ammo. So that would... Pierce Taylor submitted that, and then, uh, of course, um, New Jersey, L.A. County, shutting down the gun stores. Those all are on the jack wagon train as well. Then Kenneth H. McGee, 
there was a consultant for Bernie Sanders. His name was Alex Friedman. And this is kind of one of those wah, wah, wah stories. Prison reform advocate is arrested for plotting a mass jailbreak by hiding a huge stockpile of weapons, bolt cutters, and even a map in a jail that was under construction. So, and this is in Tennessee. This is actually in Nashville, Tennessee, my neck of the woods. Alex Friedman, 50, was rearrested on Tuesday after surveillance footage and a new jail allegedly discovered his evil plan to hide weapons for a jailbreak. So he was part of the construction of this new jail, and as he's building it and constructing it, he was hiding loaded weapons in the construction of the building. Uh, and then bolt cutters and different things like that. So once it was um, completed and all the uh, inmates got moved in, I guess he was going to alert them of where all this stuff was. But <laughs> definitely, uh, a, I mean, that's got to be like one of those slow burn. Is that is the long game? That's what the long con game. Is that what it is uh, for this to work? So Alex Friedman, definitely welcome to the Jack Wagon Train. But dude, I give you kudos on the the idea and the planning of this. I mean, if he got away with it, it'd be a great movie, huh? Absolutely. Yeah. There's another one. Uh, what do you got? Oh yeah. I I got another one for you. Mike Bloomberg is being sued by uh, all of his campaign workers because he promised them uh, salary through the election, even if he didn't finish running. And then he just laid out all of them off and, and uh, canned them against that contract there. So they're suing him, and I, I feel like it couldn't happen to a better guy. I think we got a couple of uh, uh, jack wagons in our, uh, our lobby here. Let me scan through those. What about you guys? You guys got any jack wagons? Jay, you got a jack wagon? Oh, I think that we can hit them all with one big blanket statement. I think that we can uh, that we can assign um, uh, jack wagon status to pretty much the entire liberal progressive party of the United States for their total mishandling of this and uh, uh, basically uh, being obstructive to all, all all progress for the benefit of uh, Americans everywhere. Yep. And I think that I, I think that we can look at examples of uh, everything leading toward uh, this open borders bullshit and um, obstruction of closing of, of closing borders and stopping flights because of this phony fucking xenophobia that doesn't exist. Um, how about um, the liberal progressive agenda that letting prisoners out of prison and just letting them run them up in um, uh, LA? Um, I want to say it was maybe Ohio. And then, uh, and then New York. I know New York and LA, anyways. And I want to say it was also Ohio. I might be wrong with that one, um, but that's just bad idea. Um, so yeah, I, I we could go on and on because the, the, their list of failures is, is fucking amazing. Good one. And of course, Larry K. Uh, he's got Pelosi and her two point five trillion dollars that handles student debt forgiveness. Oh, yeah, because that makes sense. $15 an hour minimum wage and puts just a penance in the taxpayer's pocket. Yeah, that's right. That's kind of like this, uh, like these phony checks that they're, uh, that they're waving in front of the, pop uh, uh, the population saying, here, come get your free money, except it's money that was stolen from your taxes. 
Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, not free, at all. Free money, yeah, free, Brian. Yeah, free. Yeah, it's free money. It's money. That, it's money that you already paid for shit that you didn't Nothing get. is free, right, Brian? Well, there I, it is. Not to cut in, but uh, I, in the chat, I agree with Larry K. No, we can we can pin down the uh, uh, the Democrats all we want, but the Republicans aren't much better. No, you know? didn't say they were. Uh, Same part. So. <laughs> Anybody else get any more jack wagons? I have one, Let's and do I it. think I can. I think we can probably close out the jack wagon segment with this one. I think okay. everybody can agree. I'm going to say to the dude or lady. Excuse me. I want to be proper here. People. To the, yeah, to the person at the Wuhan bioweapons lab who decided to sell his lab specimens at the live animal market instead of following euthanasia procedures, you, sir, or madam, are a jack wagon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that brings up my question. Has Have they actually tracked down the cause, the origins of where this started and how it started? Okay, look. Okay. There's no there's nothing definitive. But you're going to tell me that the commander in chief closed travel to China in November. Okay. Ahead of this whole crisis, closed travel to China. And recently, like 2 weeks ago, authorized billions of dollars to combat this virus before it became what it became. And he doesn't have information that shows him that it's some kind of bioweapon. Tell me, show me something that tells me that he doesn't have some kind of information that pushes him in that direction. It's the only thing that makes any sense in my mind that this is some kind of engineered um, species. And I even, I even, as this, as a, as a somebody who's uh, educated in biology and chemistry. We have to be very careful here because there's a lot of terms thrown around like, oh, it kills coronavirus. Viruses are not alive. They're, they're a machine. That's why they can live on surfaces, live on surfaces for so long because they're not technically alive. So destroy virus particles is the terminology that we should be using. But um, we have to recognize that there's a lot of behavior from the government that doesn't really point to, doesn't really sync up with the data that we're that we're seeing. Okay, we're not seeing the numbers. Like for instance, this is not Ebola. Okay, we spend a fraction of this on Ebola every year, and this and Ebola has like a fifty or sixty percent fatality rate. A lot and higher we're, than what we're seeing now. What's that? Say a lot higher than what we're seeing now. A lot higher, and we don't spend that kind of money. You're telling me that this kind of behavior is going on from the commander in chief of the armed forces of the United States. And he doesn't have information that points to this being some kind of nefarious activity or some kind of engineered technology, man. I was, and I'm going to tell you this, they've got the, they've got the communicability down. It's just, were they close to plugging in something that made it more virulent for instance? That's there was a really interesting news article today on that it was conclusively not a bioweapon. And so I'm like, huh, this is interesting. So I go and dig into the article and um, they said that it did not share um, material with 
prior coronaviruses, that it had a lot of similarity with pangolin and bat viruses. And then it goes on to what I view as editorialize and saying that surely if somebody was going to make a bioweapon, they wouldn't use that strain. And that's where I got off the science bus and was like, hey, you guys aren't doing science anymore. You're you're theorizing on motives and you can always do the, you know, double backflip kind of thing of, well, if you really wanted to be clever about it, do these things, you know, and make as, it look make it something new. But as um, a former Navy intelligence analyst, I have no comment. <laughs> Why wouldn't you comment? You're former. Come on. <laughs> they're not they watching this come, show they can still come get me the the two other things that i found very interesting are of course this bioweapons facility the the reports that curtis has alluded to of the researchers selling the surviving animals at the wet markets and then the chinese the 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 prefect or whatever they're called over there issuing stricter guidelines for you know cross-contamination procedures at that weapons lab. Those are all really interesting data points, right? Not to mention that yeah. one of the major facilities that was housing sick people suddenly collapsed. <laughs> Whoops. And all the, Hong, all the Hong Kong protests all of a sudden just disappeared. Yeah, yeah and, Russia, and Russia closes a border like immediately, like the whole thing. That was cool too. Yeah, I'm just I'm just saying that there's a lot of information. I'm I don't consider myself a conspiracy theorist. I, I suppose that's exactly what a, a conspiracy theorist would say. Would though. say. <laughs> so that doesn't really help. Um, but I I would say that I by and large don't buy into a whole lot of that stuff. But you have to look at the information and be like, hey, look guys, like there's this is it. I keep going back to the scene in Men in Black where they're sitting there talking about. Um, how people are can handle the truth and all that sort of stuff. And no, no, they really can't. And as you can see by looking at the activity of the grocery stores, they clearly cannot. Yeah. And another thing to consider, sorry to talk over you, no, Marty, is, you know, our government would never do anything like this to like objects or anything. Neither would the German government and. 1935 right. to, uh, and we know that that our our saintly government is way way better than the chinese government mm -hmm. and so just take anything that the u.s done multiply that by a thousand and that's easily conceivable to have been done by the chinese so you know so are, there any, are there any other wacky conspiracy theories that you guys have heard floating around nothing but truth Nothing but truth. <laughs> well, I mean, there's always some. There's always a little pinch of truth in all, in all those, you know. So hold on now. Hold on. <laughs> you were saving that, haven't you? There we go. Uh, I got well, it. If you, if you want to go, if you want to go full on, you could also say that, like, look, if you look at the, if you, if you look at the media as an extension of the uh, progressive movement, for instance. This is a really good distractor from the record low attendance in participation in the democratic primaries just saying yeah. yeah there's that yeah i did see a great meme that uh that this was actually hillary's plan to epstein everybody because <laughs> she's finally gonna get caught and uh <laughs> obviously 
So there's your wackiest one, but it, the comedic value is obviously pretty high on that. No, yeah. that, that's, that's uh, everybody. Great. Everybody who has Corona has information on Hillary Clinton. <laughs> We're all fucked. <laughs> I'm just waiting on my SWAT team. Now I don't know. I don't know um, how about. I don't know what everybody in the chat's religious views are. I guess that um, a lot of people. Um, I, I can guess, but I would say um, I saw a meme this week that was uh, Planned Parenthood is going to be closed for two weeks because it's a non-essential service. And it, in doing so, the coronavirus will, even if it goes to max mortality rate of like five or six percent, um, <laughs> it will have still saved lives just by closing. Unlike my brother, I, um, <laughs> just I follow the old I follow the old gods and I'm just ready for Ragnarok. <laughs> so back to Brian's thing about uh, Epstein, Danny uh, Bronson, who is uh, he does our talking letties. If you haven't got your talking letty, you can go to our website and get those. Uh, he said the whole thing was to kill the Jeffrey Epstein conspiracy. You know what COVID-19 didn't kill? Jeffrey Epstein. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's apparently working on Mr. Uh, Weinstein. Weinstein. <laughs> Didn't he get convicted? He got convicted. He got sent to uh, he got sent to prison, and then once he uh, made it to prison, he uh, miraculously contracted corona. Oh, he did! I didn't hear that. Did? Oh yeah, it's good times. You it's know, good times. Then, <laughs> because the um, uh, circle back to uh, funny conspiracy theories. Um, one that I saw earlier this week is where. They have these uh, uh, this QAnon thing, right? Um, that the mass indictment map overlaps with the COVID nineteen infection map, and that COVID is actually just a cover for these. Uh, you, you have your infection map, and now you have um, uh, these indictment maps. And apparently, if you lay them on top of each other, they match. And they have a hundred and seventy some thousand indictments, um, shit. right? Um, all leading toward uh, various varieties of treason against the state that they're um, doing raids on. I don't know. Sounds cool to me. I mean, I mean all all the people that are on those indictment lists. I, I, I'm I'm good with them getting served by a team, but um, I, I don't. There, there's no basis on reality to be able to verify any of it. So, tinfoil away. Any other conspiracy theories? Nope. All right, let's move on. Uh, let's 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 recognize some heroes. Let's counteract all this negativity and let's talk about some some positive things. People that are having a positive influence uh, during these trying times. I'm going to start off, you know, in Tennessee, you guys heard we had some tornadoes prior to all this coronavirus shit uh, that did a lot of damage. And uh, Sheepdog Impact System uh, Assistance put together a disaster recovery team to come down and help out. I took part in that, and uh, I want to put the Sheepdog Impact Assistance Group on Lead Force One this week. Um, they do a great job, not just for that, but... You know, they travel around all over the nation helping those in need, especially our law enforcement and military. Uh, they do a great job with that. And their charity ball, their annual charity ball, has been rescheduled. 
they scheduled it for Saturday, August the 22nd. So that is still going to happen. And all our sponsors and friends of the show, uh, if you've listened to our earlier episodes, the the guns and knives and things that they've donated uh, for that auction charity event, it's still going to happen. So we've put together a really awesome package uh, where we've got you know, three or four firearms, some uh, knives, some watches, uh, some ammo, uh, just a, a cool package that the Talking Lead uh, sponsors and friends have put together. And um, you'll be able to, to bid on those. Um, if you can't attend the auction, they do an online auction as well. So Sheepdog Impact Assistant is my nominees for the Talking Lead uh, Air Force One, Lead Force One. What about you guys? You got some heroes? I got a good one here of uh, Elon Musk, who, uh, you know, I, I, have, I have views about, uh, I, have, I have middling views about his, his technologies, but he managed to get 1,200 ventilators into the country from China today, oh, um, nice. proving, I hope, once and for all that private industry can beat the shit out of government for effectiveness any day of the week. Amen. Yeah. And plus, his space program just rocks. <laughs> that I won't disagree with you on Tesla. I I, I am not a fan of, but uh, yeah, he is. He, he's clearly a, a brilliant individual. SpaceX, yeah. baby, SpaceX. Boring company. So I'm going to put a celebrity on uh, Lead Force One, Lead Head Brigade hero this week. So, uh, Kirsty Alley. You guys remember Kirsty Alley from Cheers? Cheers? Yeah. Yeah. So she made a tweet, and she was praising Donald Trump um, on his um, the way he's handling the COVID virus situation and, and things that he is doing and being being proactive about everything. So she made a, a positive comment on Twitter, and of course all the celebrity Hollywoodites jumped her case and started bashing and and uh, tearing her down. But uh, for her to come out and and say something positive about Trump in these times. You know, I commend her for that. Uh, I didn't really, I, I didn't know that she was pro-Trump or, you know, a right. I thought she was pretty much leftist. But for that, I'm putting her on the uh, Lead Head Brigade hero, Lead Force One. Now, there may be some other things where she don't deserve that, but I don't know. I don't know her stance on other things. But I thought that was pretty cool. A, a chick of my time, of our time, of older guys, <laughs> Kirstie Alley. <laughs> All you millennials are like, who? Who? Who else? You guys got anybody else? Of course, I said the Detroit auto worker that stood up to Biden uh, during during that uh, the campaign Dude, thing that, that he epic. was doing. That was absolutely epic. Yeah, that was great. Uh, so that guy, I don't know his name. I don't, I'm sure it's come out, but that guy, welcome to Lead Force One. You deserve a, a front row seat, my brother. The and, only critique, the only critique I should, I, I would like to add is that they talked about machine guns. And yes, machine guns should absolutely be legal. And they were legal till the 1980s. You could literally walk into a hardware store and buy them. We didn't have running gun battles in the streets. This is a new thing. I picked up on that too, yeah. That is, my generation above have had to deal with this because our parents allowed this to happen, okay? It's their fault. This should be fixed, okay? Yeah. So this, so this whole thing about the machine gun thing like actually kind of irritates me and... Because my parents allowed this to happen under their favorite president, now we have to deal with this continuous status quo of like, well, machine guns are illegal. Well, they shouldn't be. 
Okay, but they they are because somebody dropped the ball. But but, but they are legal under certain licenses and, and things. And so they're I not actually, completely illegal. But. I'm 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 literally writing an email to my ATF agent right now. So like, <laughs> hold it up and show everybody, Curtis. Show no, 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 no. <laughs> Very good. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna put one more on, and you know I was talking earlier about in Pennsylvania how they were fighting to close the the gun stores and whatnot. So. And, and I think this is a guy that we all know uh, and support. He ran for some NRA for the board at NRA. Of course, he, we couldn't get him in. Uh, Adam Kraut, he was on that legal team that was trying to fight to get the gun stores back open there in Pennsylvania. Uh, but unfortunately, the um, Pennsylvania Supreme Court shut him down and said no. But I commend his efforts and everything that he does for our Second Amendment rights. And Adam Kraut. My friend, welcome to the uh, Talking Lead Air Force One. So, any more? We're, we'll shut this down, and then uh, we'll we'll do a show wrap up here. You guys got any more heroes? Anybody else you want to recognize? I think that anybody who's actually working frontline in any of these medical facilities, who are actually treating any of these people who are actually sick and may not even actually be getting overtime and working under more than austere conditions, um, I think that they should all get a hell yeah and a high five. Absolutely, I'll drink to that. Heck yeah. You know, I saw an Instagram photo the other day of a lady who'd photographed herself after her shift with bruises all over her face and like, you know, rub marks and everything. The PPE that they're having to wear, it's like close to a mop suit. Like it looks awful. And um, so, yeah, they're having to work in what you said, like truly trying conditions with some really, in some cases, bullshit PPE um where they're yeah they're taking great risk for their family for you know if they've got an elderly one at home so yeah good on you great call and i i really think that they deserve a round of applause we'll just give them one how about that (laughs) all right very good um so i want to go around real quick before we uh wrap this up and let you guys have an opportunity to give your social meds and do any plugs that you want, but while you're doing that, I've got two of our uh, tactical dump trays from Mission First Tactical that I'm going to be giving away to our viewing audience that, that took the time to log in and take part in tonight's show. I really greatly appreciate that. So uh, I'm going to let our panel go through and decide who our two winners will be. Um, but while you're doing that, let's go around and everybody uh, give a little plug for yourself. Uh, Brian, we'll start with you. Uh, we're Occam Defense Solutions on Instagram and Facebook. Um, Occam Defense something on YouTube. OccamDefense.com on the web. Very good. Curtis. Uh, we are VSO Gun Channel on everything. So if we are on something, then you can find us at the VSO Gun Channel, except for I now have a Snapchat, and that can be found uh, the real VSO. That's mostly just complete shenanigans. League of Pirates. Uh, you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and the uh, and the dot com, the League of Pirates. That's where we're at, and um, a little bit on YouTube. You search it, you can find us. Lop actual. Um, there's really nothing there, but there will be. Bacon, you got anything? Dad? You can find me at the VSO, also at Mr. Tactical Bacon on um, the gram, 
I am a Occam Defense Solutions con- um, consumer. consumer. Consumer, as as we all are. Other than According that, to Kyle, uh, we taste like communism, which, oh, and LOP there has uh, his copy rocking. Nice. Awesome. Jelly. His, I'm jelly. His almost looks as ugly as mine's going to be. All right, so you guys, uh, you still deciding on who our two winners are? Um, I you're... got Liberty not, not License for something. Okay, so there's one vote for Liberty Not License. Brian, who are you voting for? Uh, let's get Larry K in the pot there. All right, Larry K. I second Larry K. You just did Liberty Not License, dude. <laughs> but I thought I, I thought this was multiple votes. There's two. Okay. I thought we had. Okay, yeah, there's two. We're giving away two things. We are. We're okay. Jay. What about uh, Thomas Holyby? Okay. Thomas. How about you, Curtis? I'm scrolling because I saw a, a comment earlier that I thought was really clever. I'm trying to find it. While you're doing that, uh, I want to big, uh, give a thanks to our sponsors, Keltec. Uh, as you guys know, NRA was canceled, unfortunately. Damn it. Uh, we were going to be set up at Keltec's booth for NRA this year. We we're going to have some cool giveaways. T-shirts and things, but uh, didn't happen. Uh, but they uh, are still our sponsor. So you guys go check them out, KillTechWeapons.com. Uh, I think they're like everybody else, where they're trying to keep up with the demand and uh, their balls to the walls, trying to get things caught up and, and produced. Uh, you know, uh, we had that giveaway that we're supposed to have started uh, mid this month, and because of this virus thing, Mission First has gotten behind on things, but they are. Uh, they actually had to shut down. They're one of those companies that was forced to shut down because um, they were considered. I don't know why. That's bullshit because their magazine's way better than like half the shit that's out there. <laughs> I know. I know it. I talked to David earlier today. Uh, we are still going to do the giveaway. We have the CP33. Uh, we have the custom holster for that. We have the buck knife, fixed blade knife, the Fioki ammo, uh, and the Smith Bradley Springfield watch that we're going to be giving away. Uh, Mission First is doing a custom engraving on the holster and the gun, so it's going to look really cool. So when they get back in action and get things ramped up, we're looking at uh, probably mid-next month when we're going to start this giveaway. Um, But go, in the meantime, show everybody love, give them your support, uh, because some things are beyond their control, like uh, Mission First. They can't, you know, they were forced to shut down, so... Uh, you know, they, they can't do anything. So they're going to be balls to the wall when they get started back uh, fulfilling orders. Um, buck knives, go show them some love. Fioki ammo. I went out this weekend and uh, tried out their 7.62 for the first time. Ran great. Their 2.23 was running awesome. Uh, did some of their buckshot, did their 9mm, and uh, it was all running great. So go check out Fioki Ammo. Let them know that uh, you support them and uh, thank them for supporting the Talking Lead podcast. And, of course, Modern Spartan Systems for all your gun cleaning and lubrication needs. Modern Spartan Systems has what you need. Go check them out, ModernSpartanSystems.com. And that TVT engine oil additive. Uh, If anything, you got an engine, uh, put that TVT engine oil additive in there, and it'll protect it and make it run longer and get more efficiency out of it. And then, of course, Occam Defense Solutions, sponsors of the Talking That AK Corner. Uh, we just released the uh, sixth episode, so we're halfway through AK Corner. Got six more episodes coming up. 
of badasseriness. And, of course, we're giving something away every episode of the Talking Lead AK Corner. Had two winners last episode, gave away some ammo and uh, a swag pack from Aqua Defense Solutions. Uh, did, did that guy, wait, did he get wait, in touch with uh, us? Occam Defense makes AKs? <laughs> they make 1775s. Uh, you know, it's, it's a whole new world. Speaking of that, this, this week sometime, guys, uh, you should see a video from us uh, going to about the 4,000 round mark on our ODS 1775. So it is uh, in, in testing. I think I, I have to look at the data sheets, but I think that we've got like 800 rounds left to get to 5,000. So cool. uh, the gun is it's 800 rounds and you're by yourself. <laughs> uh, they, uh, I ran the guys pretty hard the other day, uh, and uh, they were ready to stop shooting when we were done. Uh, we, we went out and shot a lot of ammo. Um, now that said, we do have a video out from the 2500 or 2600 round mark, so if you guys do want to see the performance of the gun up to this point, you can go see that. Uh, but that one should be out this week. Uh, it is running pretty good, I have to say. Very cool. Uh, and then if you guys, if you're not the winner tonight, you can go to Mission First Tactical's website and you can get these and you can get the, uh, the wallets, the tactical wallets that they're making uh, with the Talking Lead logos. We've got an AK corner version of all this also uh, that they're making. Uh, and they can just put anything you want on there. You tell them what you want on there, they can put anything they want that you want on them. Uh, but Curtis, who are you voting? Who are you voting for? Who was your vote for? I couldn't find the comment that I was looking for, so I'll just, um, I see that Liberty Not not License is like all over the place, so we'll just go with it. Okay, so Liberty um, Liberty Not License, you win one of these, and then... And then I got to put in, sorry, another vote. I get my second vote, or third or fourth if I'm a Democrat. Uh, Tom Hollyby. I, I give four vo votes for Tom. Yeah. Okay, and who did you vote for, Jay? I voted for Tom also, and uh, Liberty. And Liberty. Okay, so Tom and Liberty are the winners for the Talking Lead Tactical Dump Trays. So email me your contact info, guys, talkingled at gmail.com, uh, and I'll ship these out to you along with some other stuff I've got, too. I'll send you a nice little uh, little package of, pa of patches and, and cool shit like that. I've, I've got some Occam Defense stuff, too, that I can send you. So. Very cool. Everybody, thank you so much for taking the time to tune in. Thank our guests, Occam Defense, VSO Gun Channel, League of Pirates. Go to their social medias, their websites. I don't know how much you appreciate them being on the show. Uh, and then I will post this to uh, iTunes, iHeartRadio, so you guys can re-listen to this as well. But until then, as always, Leadheads, keep your loved ones close. And your guns closer. And that. <laughs> that. <laughs> I used to go to the show so I get to be a prey very good very good alright guys until uh, next week oh next episode uh, not in this one but the next one I'm going to have Todd Jarrett I did a great interview with him uh, so that one's coming up and then we got some more interviews from SHOT Show that I've, I've still got to release but uh, we'll talk to you guys then again again thank you so much for uh, tuning in and sorry for the technical fuck ups <laughs> that was my bad